Don't a mic. Don't don't a mic. Don't a mic. This is God Nostalgia. Don't a mic. Don't don't a mic. Welcome to Growth Nostalgia, a podcast where we share our journeys, our struggles, our wins, and our dreams. I'm your host, Yesenia. Thank you so much for returning. I know that the first episode, Growing Through Grief, part one, was heavy for a lot of people. A lot of the feedback I got was that it was heavy, but they were glad that they listened to it. And I really hope that you guys will find some comfort um, in this episode for part two. Uh, so without wasting any time, let's get back into it. Let's get eat. Does anybody else have anything else to add um, in regards to like, you know, funeral experience? Um, I just knew that day was going to be hard. Because yeah. um, leading up to like when someone passes away, like, yeah, there's a lot of sorrow. There's a lot of grief. But you're you got to figure out the funeral. Like, that next day, like, you probably have a few hours to, like, cope and, like, try to, like, figure out what's going on, but you're not going to figure out at all. <laughs> it's impossible in that certain amount of time. But then you got to start planning the funeral. You got to go to the funeral home. You got to get everything, paperwork, and it's just, like, boom. Like, there is no time to be wasted. Um, so that was one thing that I had to figure out. Um, not by myself, my family, obviously we all helped, but just to get the funeral, um, arrangements, um, the next day, like I know that I told my story like about Monday, but yeah, there we were phone calls going on that Monday, the, the first 12 hours. Um, and I think like just leading up to the funeral, um, it's just something that like a chapter, you know, is going to get closed, mm. you know, um, the blankets that I mentioned were on the lawn, are getting smaller, you know, and then there's no blankets and then everyone's just getting ready for the funeral. And, um, the funeral, the thing that sticks out to me, um, you know, laying my sister to rest. Um, I don't know, like, I'm not like a big funeral person. I'm more of like a spiritual person. Like I was like, Oh, like, all right, bye Becca. Like, I'll see you in the next life, you know? Like, my sister is always with me. I always do feel her energy. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I still feel her love, and I still see signs from her. So I'm not, like, a big funeral cemetery dude. Mm -hmm. Um, But one thing... But, you know, that's just me. But one thing that does stick to my mind at my sister's funeral... And I'm not saying it was a breeze... (laughs) No, it was like it was the worst really day hard. of my life. It was hard. It's it's crazy because driving to the f- driving to a funeral is the worst drive in your mm-hmm. life because you're driving to going to a destination that you don't want to be. Yeah. You know, like I'm driving to lay a loved one to rest. Mm-hmm. Who wants to do that? Yeah. Like, why do I want to drive there? Like that yeah. drive sucks. Yeah. The worst. Yeah. You don't want to get to the destination. And then leaving it sucks because you don't want to leave the person that you just were there for. Yeah. So it's like, you don't want to drive there or leave. Yeah. So it's like, it's it's all bad. It's all sad. But at my sister's funeral, 
Um, it was outside. Um, we did a prayer. Mm-hmm. We had white doves mm-hmm. um, come out of a crate that me and my brother um, lifted up to represent the life of my sister. And the doves all followed the one main dove and it was in the sky. Yeah. And um, the nine, like, I don't know how many people were there. hundred people. This was before COVID. Yeah. <laughs> there was like 200 people there. Um, we were all looking at, the, at doves the doves in the, in sky. the sky and the doves are flying around probably for like 30 seconds. And then they took off on their quest and right at that sec, that last second, all so of our crazy. eyes are still looking at the sky. And there was like an air, there was a, there was a military jet fly by flyover, flyover, um, a flyover with five military air force jets just going a million miles an hour <laughs> right as the doves leave. So it didn't take away from our dove little thing. Like the doves are like, all right, cool. We're going to let these guys come in. And five Air Force <laughs> jets yeah. flew over <laughs> as we're all looking. So yeah. it wasn't like we heard it and we looked up. Or like, like the middle of or when the they middle were giving and it interrupted anything. Yeah. Like we were all looking at the doves in the sky and in the same direction um, those five jets flew over a flyover and we all just kind of looked at each other tripping and everyone was like, Oh, who dropped that million bucks on this? (laughs) I thought your brother hired them. I thought that that was planned. And I was like, yo, Anthony's brother has like pull with the military. That's so it's like millions of dollars. I think it was was too perfect. It was too perfect. After that, I was like, Okay, Becca. And like, also the timing of I the see you. Anna, I was like, production crew is on point here. Like, the production quality is insane. The budget's crazy. Like, nah, that's fine. that. Was, um, and that was just amazing. Um, that's something that stands out. Yeah. Like, can I, can I ask you something? How did you? How did? How did you feel when that happened? I felt my sister. Right? Yes. Like, extra, like Becca that. could not not show up at her own funeral. Yes. <laughs> Becca yeah. had to like do that, some that, craziness. How did you, like I was like that was like her saying like, "Hey, yes, gotcha, hundred like, percent." Here's this little extra because that's Becca. Mm-hmm. I I was like, "Okay, Becca, <laughs> stunning on these hoes." It was stunning. Yeah, it, it, was it, stunning. it brought more smiles to the funeral. Everybody was talking about it like, "Yo, Mark, what the hell? Mark Cox, Shrimp Daddy was like." Dude, how did you guys set that up? Like, no, because like Mark's like, I, oh I Mark gosh. was like, uh, yeah, I know that you guys like set that up, but like, how did you set it up like with the dove so perfect? I was like, bro, we didn't pay the military <laughs> to budget? fly over. He's like, oh, I thought that was like planned. I was like, no, dude. I just googled it right now. It's one point three two million dollars to hire them to do the that. production budget was over a mil, Erica. Bougie ass Becca to the core. Like, like she's oh, like this little extra shit. You're welcome. It is what it is. But that's dude. something yeah. that that yeah, I that forgot about out. that, dude. How did I forget about that? That's I think she's extra. Yeah. No, it was a beautiful thing. That's what stood out to the funeral. And yeah. like I said, like saying goodbye, I really didn't say goodbye because I know she's with us. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. I think like something that I remember from her um funeral was just like 
Like, I remember obviously seeing all the people show up to your house and just, like, everything. And I felt like, dang, like, Becca made such an impact. Like, it's crazy. But, like, at the funeral, like, it was, like, so packed that there was, like... You had to sit outside. You had to sit outside. It was, like, craziness. And then even after... It's just, like, everybody went to the services. And then they also went to when we went to go, like, bury her, like, lay her body to rest um, at the cemetery. and, And it was just, like... Looking around, it was like, damn, like Becca made such a huge impact on so many lives, Mm -hmm. so many lives. And it just like made me think about like, damn, like how, when, how how do I want to be remembered when Mm -hmm. I'm gone? Like, Mm -hmm. I really got to make this count. Like, I really have to. Like, I, like, who do I want to be? Like, mm-hmm. when it's all said and done, like, what do I want my legacy to be? Wow. Yeah. You know, because I think about how Becca was so generous and so loving and she had such a, like, infectious laugh and, like, her humor was just so, like, <laughs> like you're crazy. Like, just, just like a ball of, like, f- like energy, but, like, funny, like, just always cracking about stupid stuff. Like, I could just hear her laugh right now. Yeah. And it's just like, damn. But she was just like the most loyal and, and like generous person. And like Erica said, that's like your family. You know what I mean? Mm. Like your family is like the most loving, generous people who will open their door to anybody. It's like, that's your friend. They're like, that's family. Like, that's your friend. Like, they're welcome. Come on in, you know? Mm. And that's Becca. And I it really made me think about like, who do I want to be? Like, who mm. do I want to be remembered as? What is my legacy going to be? Like, how do I want to move? It really made me think about that. And I think another thing that I brought up um, at our funeral or that night when we were at your house, your parents' house, Amph, is, um, is just how I felt like my faith had been growing through Zoe. I had started going, we had started going to church in Zoe like maybe seven, eight months prior to her passing. And I was like, yeah, like I felt like God is preparing us for our marriage. Like I really feel like, you know, the reason why we're, I feel compelled or we feel compelled to go to church and we found this church is is because we're building up our, our spirituality for our marriage. You know, we're about to get married. And honestly, yeah. But at the same time, I really feel like God was preparing us for that moment. Like he was truly preparing Anthony to be able to handle it and me to be able to be there for him. And for us to have that like faith in him to know that it's really hard. It's really bad. But like you guys will get through. And um, I know, I don't know if you ever felt like that, but I know we talked about this, Erica, like when people get mad at God, when people are like mad, like I, like, I don't know, but I don't, I don't feel like you ever said you said, you said that you're mad at God. I don't know if you ever felt like that, but I know other people have felt like that. And, other, yeah, and it's I think, hard. I think you could be the most faithful. You could be a pastor. Yeah. And you could be teaching sermons for 20 years and you're, somebody in your life passes away and you, it could be a switch. And now you hate God. And you could be like, yo, like, you did me like that. So it doesn't, it's not, it doesn't, it's not like a level of faith, like a kid that's just getting into to, to, um, a relationship with God or a pastor that is preaching. I think it could be anybody that could get just angry. You know, it doesn't, there's no color or no, no faith level to be angry. So I think that is like a normal thing. It's not something to be ashamed of. It's not something to 
like shy away from if you want to be honest like just be honest because that is something that people go through you know to be angry um i think so going back to like what we were talking about earlier um i think at becca's funeral i remember like a very pivotal moment is you went up and gave a speech and everything Yesenia said holds true too. Like through Becca's services, um, seeing her friends go up and talk about her really made me reflect on like how the impact I would leave, you know? Um, I've lost a lot of people, but I've never lost a, like a homegirl. And seeing her friends go up there and talk about losing their friend was like, oh my God, like that's a, a different kind of loss that I've never experienced. And um your sister was just like so accepting of like everybody and always just like good time. I said bougie Becca earlier, but like really she wasn't bougie. She fucking accepted everybody and always wanted everyone to have a good time and like feel comfortable and like very much like you. And I remember you going up and giving a speech at your sister's services. And I've known you for a very good amount of time. I've seen you grow from like early stages onto here. And I remember seeing you up there and I've never seen you as I seen you that day because obviously you'd been through so much. But at that moment, I was like, this is a very pivotal moment for Anthony. Like you transitioned into like who you are now in so many ways. Like you took on so much like responsibility and just like the essence of Becca in in a very powerful way. Like you went up there and you held it down for your family, for yourself, for your sister. And I was like, yo. Anthony was amazing before, but like, you're going to walk out of this and just be this whole other level of a person. And you are, you are just that. And like, when you talk about like losing Becca and the struggle you've been through and your family, like you've handled that with so much grace and you have came out of it withholding her memory and just like elevating beyond it, you know? And I remember sitting there and being like, This is, he's never going to be the same and not in a bad way, like in a way of like, whoa, this fool is like, you just like held it down. Like, I I mean, not to say you were immature before or anything, but like the way you handled everything, I was just like, yo, like this is completely different. You did that. Yeah. I love you. (laughs) It's one of my most vivid memories is literally watching you and being like, you, um, your brother is very like, your brother is very like, um, strong and powerful in his presence. He, he's, he like holds his own, you know, when he walks in a room, very confident, very, just like very confident, but also very accepting. Yeah. And not to say you're not that, but like you walk in and you're kind of just like calm and chill and like Mm. you walked up to that podium and it was different. Mm. And I was just like, yo. I know you're going through some shit, but like you're holding it down and you came out of that leveled up on so many ways. And I know Becca's so proud. Thank you. I love you. I love you. Are there any other things that you guys want to add in terms of just saying goodbye to loved ones that you feel like you find significant? I'm good. Yeah, no, I just feel like for me personally, it's always hard just because I just feel guilt. Yeah. I feel guilt just because it's like a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. In general, like the people that that did pass, you know, like my brother, like I feel like if I had done something different, mm. it would have been different. Yeah. And then like with my uncles, like he was sobering up and he was getting his shit together, and then his boat accident, and it's like, like why him? Mm-hmm. You know, like he was he was he was cleaning up. You know, he was doing his shit. You yeah. know, with my cousin too. He got out of prison. He's doing his thing, and you know, he got murdered, and then 
just like too with Becca, like, you know, it's just she asked me to hang out and I was busy. And I feel like I could have done something different. And it's like I just I don't want to say goodbye because like it's just hard to to swallow that pill. And mm-hmm. I feel everybody is kind of it's, it's hard for everybody. But I feel like if you go through it with people, like it, it does help. It but, you know, the whole premise of it, like, just being able to, like, you see people's true colors and, like, how you mm-hmm. how you said yes. Like, you never realized it until you realized it, you know? It's like, you're okay, so now next time it's, like... It's different. It's different, you know? And it's, like, for like with you and, and your, from your brother to your dad, like, it's, what, about 10 years? Mm-hmm. So, you, you know, it's a lot of learning yeah. within those 10 years. You know, and then with you and your situation too, it's like it just it's it's hard sometimes. Mm-hmm. And you figure as a human, you, you get used to losing shit, <laughs> but no, you don't. You don't. You, you don't, don't get ever, used to you losing shit. Get used you to know, it. you just never get used to it. It's different, and it, it, it takes you back. Because even at that though, too, it's like it's it's crazy. Because like when Kobe passed, I was like, mm. I don't know, dude. You know, oh, but yeah. like I, t- you know, I t- you take a lot from. People that inspire you, and then mm-hmm. to see that his his daughter was with them too, like I felt like throwing up. Yeah, that hurt. I was like, "What the f- like? What kind that of hurt. what kind of world is this? Yeah. Like, it's not fair." Yeah, mm-hmm. you're just a human, though. You're a human feeling human emotions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think that there's any gauge of like oh, I shouldn't feel this way. Like, are you just feeling? Yeah, and that's normal. Yeah, but it's it's just tough though. Yeah. You know. Especially for people who don't know how to express. Yeah. Or people who just aren't present, you know. Mm-hmm. Like Amp bossed up. You bossed up for your mom, you know what I'm saying? And then you bossed up for, you know, Amp's family and you know, everybody bosses up in a different level for different situations. Um, but it's also when it happens in your life. Like sometimes things happen and you're not like ready for it. You don't have the tools to no. be able to handle it the mm-hmm. best way you can. Not at all. Like if something happened like Today, you would handle it way different than oh, if yeah. you would, no, like, mm-hmm. you know. No, totally facts. Because the thing is, like, with me and my brother, I just started drinking. Yeah. And then, you know, what, like, seven years later, in, like, five other funerals, you know, here's here's Af, you know, and I see I see the the one night he was just drinking, and I was mm-hmm. like, look, dog, I'm, yeah. I'm going to give you this night. You pat, let me get a pass. I'm going to give you this night. You <laughs> yeah. can have this I night. night yeah. You can have this night. But yeah. this isn't you. Yeah. Because I've been there. It's not a place you want to stay at. Mm -hmm. Because you can fall there and stay there. Yep. And it's like, I'm going to give you this night. It's it's fair. You need to... You need to... Fill these feelings. Mm-hmm. You need to experience these thoughts and experience these this whatever it is that that life's throwing at you. Yeah. But then you need to pick up and go. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So it's like I wish I had someone to tell me that, but I didn't. Yeah. You know, I, I had you know Cruiser showed up, letting you know, just to have a beer and hang out, but yeah. he never lost nobody. Yeah. You know, but he was there. Yeah. But he he wasn't he wasn't the tough love. You know, to where it's like, yeah, you know, but he he was still the homie, and you know sometimes that might have been like all he could, all he he could offer me, and that's all I that's more than then I can ask for more. He gave you what he could in his capacity, you know, and that's what it was. So like for like Amp situation, I'm you know six seven years from my brother's passing, five funerals later, yeah, I'm like dick, like okay, yeah, this isn't you, Mm -hmm. yeah, don't ruin your life because you feel 
like it's never going to be the same again. Mm-hmm. It's not. It's not going to be the same again. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't mean it's going to be bad. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know? doesn't mean it's going to be bad forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? That you, when you're happy, sometimes the voices in your head try to bring you back to feeling guilty mm-hmm. about being happy. Mm-hmm. You know? That's part of the, grieving. The and enemy. I think that's... I think that's what we should talk about next is like, you know, beyond laying your loved one to rest. Like I know that I've battled a lot with feeling guilty and like we got into a lot of fights because we would like plan things and like obviously like I wasn't like I didn't I could like how I think you said it before. It's not like get over it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not like get over this death. It's not that. But it's also like. Life goes on. Life goes on, and it's like, okay, we're here right now. We're we're at Disneyland, and like, we want like let's let's try to enjoy ourselves. And it's like we couldn't, you know. And it was because it was hard for you, and then it was hard for me to understand. But like, I understood you couldn't, like you couldn't. But it was it was also hard for me to be like just try. And then you're just like, I don't know how. What do you guys remember about like the way that you guys coped, or like? the months after and just the way that um maybe you had that guilt you continued or um like how maybe you just didn't want like you're like f this like i don't want to like have fun i know so and so is having a party f that party like i don't want to celebrate life f life like just like anti everything yeah um i think so i think like for me um i remember i remember um at points, seeing my little sisters, like, really boss up. Going back to the point of, like, where we're saying, you know, you boss up. Um, I remember seeing my my younger siblings, like, boss up in a very big way when we were planning my brother's funeral. And I was just like, these are my younger siblings, you know? Like, they shouldn't have to boss up. They shouldn't have to be doing these things. And my little sisters, they're little powerhouses. Mm-hmm. They, they're little bosses in their own. And I, all I was thinking was, like, they should be able to mourn this more freely, you know? Um, and I almost felt like because my brother and I had a detachment and an estrangement from each other that that I should be the one bossing up, not them. They should be able to mourn this in a more free way than I was. So I was just like, yo, like they shouldn't have to deal with this. Um, and that really made me feel a lot more grief on myself because I was, or guilt on myself because I was like, you should be the one handling all these things because these siblings of yours were closer to your brother mm. and were like more embedded in his life. Whereas I was somewhat detached because we didn't see eye to eye, but also in the long run, like I had actually known my brother longer because I was the oldest and he was born right after me. Um, and so I would see it and just take on all this extra guilt, you know? And I, I would see them like taking on all these responsibilities and be like, Oh, I should be doing that. I'm the oldest sibling and just like projecting all this shit. And, um, I carried so much guilt from my brother's passing. Not so much my dad's. I think my guilt with my dad more was more of like, um, like what could have been or just like, just really toxic like ways of trying to deal with like the pain of it. Whereas my brother, it was a lot of guilt of like not trying to get to know him more and understand him more. Um, And I didn't really give myself the chance to like 
cope with that and understand that. And even more so with my mom, like years have passed and I'd be like, oh, we have all these blessings. Why can't you just be happy? You know, like, you know, like we have this new baby and this and this. And like, it sounds so selfish when you say it out loud, you know? Yeah. Like you're just like, you just want, you just want things to be kind of normal. Cause you're like, we have all these blessings. Why are you holding on to this one thing? But in retrospect, it's huge. Like, you know, we don't know what it's like to lose a child. It holds a lot of weight. So much weight that we could never understand. And now I you get can't it. shake weight off. Yeah, like at all. And you're not asking for her to mm-hmm. shake anything off, but you're just like, let's be present mm-hmm. with the joy and blessings that God has blessed us with right yeah. now. And not like we're always and it's not dwelling on the past. Like that pain's always gonna be there, mm-hmm. but like you would your your Being brother present. would your brother would want her to be happy. Yeah. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. So it's like Eric would want her to be good. Mm-hmm. We want you to be good. Yeah. You know, but it's just her, you know, dealing with it in her yeah. own self. But I think for us to look at others, you just want to just speed up recovery. It, right? Yeah. It's like if you're if your mom had a broken leg, like you're not like, oh mom, I hope it's broken for like I'm a like, long time. It's fine. Like <laughs> I hope you have a I hope you have a long recovery. Yeah. You know, you it's like always like, one. hey, I yeah. hope you speedy recovery, like everything's good. You know what's funny is I think um your mom, uh I I think like with Becca's passing, I I like so I noticed your mom so much. I've always like loved your parents so much, but I think with Christy the look on your mom's face, I recognized it so much because it was a look on my mom's face. Mm-hmm. And I would just look Pain. at Christy. Yeah, I would just look at her and, and I would just see that same broken like, I, yeah, look, know you know? And I would understand it. And it's crazy because I would go home and I would feel for your mom so much. And then I would question, why couldn't I feel for my mom like that, you know? Because I felt for her, but I didn't feel for her the way I felt for Christy. And I was like, oh, it's because like I just want my shit with my family to be better and fixed. And like, I had this empathy for your mom that I couldn't have with my own mom. And, and it really made me like dive into that and really think about that. And like the same grace I had for your mother and understanding I had for her made me really tap into how I felt about my mom Mm. because I felt like I would, it was just perspective, you know? Mm. And I would see Christy and just like, even to this day, I just like want to hug her and, and it made me want to just see my mom more and be more present for my mom and be more understanding and be more soft with her Mm -hmm. because it was removing me from the situation of what was like, Oh, I just want this, this, and this, and almost like a bratty kind of thing where it's like, yo, this is not about me. This This is is about my mom. Yeah. This is my morning. Yes. A mother morning. And take yourself out of the picture. When you see Christy, mm -hmm. You see your mom. So yeah. then you're like, yo, let me go tap in with my mom yes. instead of being like... I would see your mom and think things and I would call my mom when I would go home. That's like, beautiful. I just want to tell you, like, I love you, you know? Like, just the parallels between our families, I think, yeah. made our relationship oh, stronger. But also, like, it just... Full circle. Wow. Yeah. That's powerful. I think one thing that I remember in the months after um, is, like, the first time we went to go visit Becca. I remember, like... You were finally like, I think, I think it was like a day before we went. I think you were just like, I want to go tomorrow. And I was like, shit, like, are you ready? And you're just like, yeah. And I'm like, okay. And like, it was kind of like, kind of being afraid of like what that was going to do to you. Cause I didn't know if like, like, cause it was, you doubt like how God said, like you really manned up, but like it was me and you most of the time. So like whenever you were feeling aware like on the weekends when you'd want to drink and you would get into the space. Like sometimes I didn't know how to handle it because it was just me. And I know like 
Gus is able to handle and, and be there for you in a different way that like I know I can't. And so for me, like I was kind of like, like that was a fear. Like I would get scared sometimes. I'm like, dang, like what is this going to do? I've seen you go through so much. It's been such, it's been so hard. Like, how, like what is this going to do going to see your sister? Were, were you scared it was like going to be a reset button for him? Uh, yeah, a little bit, a little bit. I, I was afraid like we're going to get back to the beginning of where he was in the beginning and how hard it was. And so I was always fearful. And it was really, honestly, the first year was a battle. Like, I was always afraid that, like, like is it getting better? Like, I felt, as his partner, like, a lot of times I felt like I am not getting, and, like, it's all about him. Was was this your first time, like, going to a cemetery to visit somebody? Because I, no. I know you kind of came in the picture, like, after Brian. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. we would always go every year, like, clockwork. Yeah, we, I The whole group, we'd always go. Yeah. Um, so, like, was this, like, your first time? I don't visiting know. somebody at the cemetery like a year later afterwards I don't think it was my first time going to the cemetery but I don't but it was like the first time it was like someone that close or somebody that I knew like that like I knew Becca like I love Becca you know I had my own relationship with Becca so it was like different and then this is my partner so it was like different it wasn't to me it wasn't necessarily going to the, the cemetery it was what was it gonna do to him it was my fear of that because it was just such a difficult year as being his partner like trying to be there but also feeling like it's like and like I said in the beginning it's like there are no words but as somebody's partner who's going through something so hard like you're just like I just want to help and it's like I don't know if any of this is helping I don't know if anything is 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 it, it, are we progressing? Are we getting better? Are you are you feeling better? Like for a long time, I didn't know and I didn't see it. Like I didn't think. Happening. Yeah, I didn't think yeah. it was happening. So but I was scared. Kudos to you though for riding with him because it's tough. You. It's definitely tough because I, uh, me and Erica were just talking right now about um, when people say just get over it, and to hear like the girl that I was gonna ask to marry me. Mm-hmm. Tell me that and ask me, like, how long is this going to be? Like, it's only been a month. That's hard. You know, it's only been a month. Like, I don't know how long this is going to yeah. be. And the thing is, like, I don't know how to have you help me. Mm-hmm. But, like, when you see me walk in the apartment, like, looking, like, spaced out, like, just tell me the cheese, man. Like, distract mm-hmm. my mind. You yeah. know, distract my mind. You can't help me. Nobody could help me. Yeah. You know, I don't want to talk to nobody. The only person I want to talk to at the time was my brother. So it's like yeah. for somebody, a partner to be not forced to deal with it, but like be a part of it. It's tough because you can easily just dip out. So yeah. kudos to you. Because the thing Thank is, like, you. it's just it's it's hard to deal with it. And it's hard to deal with it from the outside for somebody else. You know? Yeah. So. It's, it's like, it's like I never wanted to be anywhere else, but when I was there at some times, at some points it was just like, dude, I don't know, like it's hard because for so long it was like, I I felt guilty to be excited about our wedding. I felt like bad to think about the future or to try to plan things because I'm just like, am I being inconsiderate and like, not inconsiderate, but like, am I being, um, what's the word? Insensitive. insensitive am I being insensitive you know and I never wanted to do that but also it's like I'm a human being and I have my needs you know and I and I remember knowing like feeling like I just need a little bit and then I could reset and I could be there for you but I was some, there was points where I felt like I wasn't getting that little bit but he couldn't give it to me yeah. like it was just was impossible 
He didn't, didn't have, have it, it to give. To yeah. So it was like really, really difficult. And I struggled with it and I was really afraid. So when when Adrian passed away in, in July, I was afraid. I was so scared. I think I even told you, Erica. I was just like, dude, like, I don't know if Anthony can handle this. Like, I don't know. I'm so scared he's going to go back to the beginning and like we're going to start page one and like, are we going to go another year or two of this? Because I'm like, you I can give. So yeah. And then I'm like, I can give. But like, I don't know if I can give and not have anything at all for another year. Because yeah. that was like that little bit of me not like me not getting even a little bit was super hard. And like I said, it's like it's not it wasn't his fault. He just couldn't give it because he was literally going through a hard time. But it was just like. Dude, this sucks. and then it's, and then you feel bad as a part of being like, dude, am I just being selfish? Yeah. Like it, like I feel bad now, right? But yeah, it it was just like as his partner being there, like, dude, that whole year was so hard. And then COVID hit, you know, and then it's just like now it's like you can't even, you don't even have an outlet to go see your friends, Mm-mm. and that's his thing, you know. Anthony is a social butterfly. He is an extrovert. He gets energy from being around people and he has so many friends. So it's like it was it it is helpful to be around people. And then you take that away. And now it's literally we just we're just stuck together. Like it was hard to to be like, damn, now Adrian's passing. Like, what's this going to be like? What's this look like? Yeah, it wasn't easy. You know, Um, going through all of the emotions and anger and depression and everything I dealt with my sister's passing for four months, you know, and then it hit COVID hit. Mm -hmm. And that was a thing that I really couldn't get out, um, literally get out with COVID. Um, cause it sucked. I had a whole thing planned for my sister. Um, I made these t-shirts, um, that said Becca and, um, it just had uh, a memory of her on the back. And I made a t-shirt with my good friend, Grant and Elmo from Luca Mart. Um, so shout out to Luca Mart and Grant and Elmo. Um, I gave him a call one day, you know, and I called Grant. And I was like, hey, man, like, I want to make a shirt for my sister. Um, he's like, let's do it. And I was like, I know you guys, you know, we got to, like, I have to give you a quantity and size and everything for a t-shirt. But like, is it possible for us to do like a pre-book, you know, Mm -hmm. um, a pre-book order? If I, if I mock up a shirt, can I throw it on my site? Could I let the orders just come in for two weeks and I could give you like this amount of orders to help me with and I'll ship them out. And he's like, bro, let's do it. You know, Grant and Elmo were at my sister's funeral. Mm -hmm. You know, those are my boys. So they said, of course, let's do it. Let's do a t-shirt. You know, we did a Mets colorway, um, shout to New York that my sister lived there for a few years of her yeah. life and uh, it just represented my sister and that was just a hard thing too you know this is four months after the funeral to like mock up a shirt and mm-hmm. like create a design like that was emotional within yeah. itself you know um, even shooting that was stressful yeah like taking you the pictures just... like it was just it had so much weight yeah. on it for my sister mm-hmm. like I wanted it to do a it lot. I wanted to do it right yeah. you know because she's not here I wanted it to be perfect you're already a perfectionist too. Yeah, so like you always want everything to be exactly. Just right. So making these shirts for my sister, obviously, I wanted to do like how we would do it in the clothing industry. Like, yo, we're making these shirts. We're gonna everyone that copped the shirt, and I had the the Shopify link. It expired in like seven days, and within those seven days, we got seventy orders. 
That's crazy. Yeah. So like that's we got not 70. surprised, but that's crazy. So my what I wanted to do with the shirts was sell a t-shirt with free shipping and the people that cop the shirt were only paying the cost of the shirt. Cause I wasn't trying to like bank make off my money. sister. Like I didn't make, I'm not trying to make any profit. The funeral is already done. So it's not like my family needed the money. It was not like a GoFundMe type of thing. I was like, yo, like we'll pay for the shipping. The cost of the t-shirt is what it costs to make. I'm not trying to make a penny off of my sister. So it worked out seven days, 70 orders and me giving back was that I wanted to do a barbecue with Mm -hmm. and all those 70 people that bought a shirt, you would get an invite to the barbecue and everything was free. So we were going to have free drinks, free food, like no one bring nothing, like no potluck, like nah, it's on me, like I'll pay for it. Yeah. And then that's when COVID hit. Yep. And that hurt. Yeah. You know, I had these big plans, like, don't get me wrong, the shirt still got produced, they still got shipped out, but we never got to have that celebration of life of the t-shirt release that I wanted for my sister. So that was just like a hit that I felt that really bummed me out. And I didn't want to be selfish because people were losing people due to COVID, you know, getting sick. But then I... I was like, man, like I really wanted to have that. But I was like, okay, well, later down the line, we could still do it and we still want to do it. But that hurt. And then going through COVID, I feel like you were just with your thoughts more. Yeah. It was less distraction Mm -hmm. because you're going to work Monday through Friday, taking, I was taking Ubers to work, taking Ubers home, like going on a run after work, like. I was just so distracted Monday through Friday. And on the weekends, you're at Cha Cha, you're like yeah. out with your friends, you're at Echo Park Lake. Like, there was no room for improvement for myself. And I like that because I didn't want to deal with anything. Like you know what I'm head. saying? So when COVID hit, I'm working at home and it's just me and my girl, and we're, I'm just dealing with it. And it was like a really hard time. But I think like the circumstances were like, yo, like the world stood still. Yeah. And you're going to deal with your shit. Yeah. You know, and I had to. And going through those hard times, and I mentioned this in the previous podcast, is that we went to the beach for my sister's birthday, her first birthday with her not physically being on earth. We went with balloons and we went to the beach and it was a sad day, but it was a beautiful day. Um, And I got a call that my best friend passed away. His yeah. mom called me and it was the same call. I got a, heard my phone vibrating in my pocket and I picked it up and it said Adriana. And I obviously opened it and I was like, hello, because I thought Adriana was calling because mm-hmm. it was my sister's birthday. Yeah. It's not like no one was hitting me up. Like all of my friends were hitting me up like happy birthday to Becca. Like we love you, blah, blah, yeah. blah. So I answered it and she's screaming. I was like, no, dude. I like right when I heard her scream. I was like, that's the scream that my dad did at eleven twenty three on November tenth. Like, mm-hmm. I she didn't have to say anything. I was like, he passed away. I know he did. You know, and I tried to calm her down. I was like, Adriana, like chill. Like, what happened? You know, and she was like, he's gone. And I was like, Adrian. She's like, yeah. And I was like, I was like, oh my gosh, dude, you can't make this up. Mm-hmm. Like, this is just. <clears throat> and she was just like, I got to get off the phone. Like, I can't. I was like, I I feel you. Like, just get home safe. Like, call me later. And I just went walking. 
Yeah. Like, thank God I was on a beach. Yeah. You know, I wasn't like in my apartment, you know, and like in downtown LA with all this like sirens going off and like crazy people like outside my apartment. Like I was on a beach and like, and I walked like, I just like hung up and my family looked at me and they were just like, what? What happened? What happened? Like who? Who, what, when, why? And I was like, it was Adrian. And I met Adrian at two years old. Yeah. You know, I shared this on like a couple podcasts. I always talk about Adrian. He was my best friend, my first friend I've ever had in my life. Yeah. Um, his mom at 18 years old knocked on my mom's door from a penny saver ad <laughs> and asked if my mom could babysit him. And yeah. um, she babysit Adrian and we kid it at two years old and we're best friends and we went to high school together. I used his address. Like, he always put me on to so much stuff. And it was just a tough loss after Becca on her birthday. Like, yeah. so I just had to get out. So I just walked and I prayed and I was just in shock. Yeah. And it just went back to the bad dream. Like, dude, please wake up. Please wake up. And I didn't wake up. And I was like, wow, this is reality. Um, but I know that what was prepared for me at that moment in time was what I went through to be there for Adrian's family. Yes. Um, I showed up as yeah. much as I could that night. I got home from the beach. Um, I talked to one of his ex-girlfriends that I'm really close with. And she said that she was talking to the aunt and I was like, give me her number. I called the aunt we talked. I met her daughter, um, Arlissa. We still talk today. I talked to his mom again. Mm-hmm. I talked to everybody. I talked his to the brother. whole bloodline. Like I reached out to them and I was there for them. And I was kind of like in a sense of like, I'm grieving with you guys, but let me let me share you like some facts that I've learned this last eight months from yes. a loss that I just went through. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And it's kind of crazy because it was like the second week of December of 19, three weeks after my sister passed away, I woke up and I just started bawling. I was just crying and crying and crying in the morning, just getting ready for work. Like, I don't know. I just woke up and cried and I went to work that day. And two of my coworkers so happened to ask me, hey, do you want to go lunch with us? It was, yeah. a rain, it was a rainy day. It was like a Wednesday. And I was like, yeah, I'll go to lunch with you. And it was my coworker, Jessica and Camilla. And I think like they're just like, Amp just got back to work. Like, let's, you know, let's grab a salad. Like, let's just talk. Yeah. And we went and we got some lunch and they were like, how you been? Wow. You know, and I told Camilla and Jessica, my coworkers, in December, three weeks after my sister passed away, I told them right there at that table, I was like, I woke up and cried and I'm in pain and I'm hurt, but I feel like I'm going to help somebody. Wow. And they're like, you like, like being there for someone else, like that's going through it. I was like, no, I think like someone is going to go through something this year and like, I'll be there for them. And I was like, I don't know what's going to happen. Like, I'm just being honest. Like, I'm just opening up like y'all caught me on the day that I want to like talk. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? I just got done crying. Like I just want to talk and I just feel like I'm going to be there for somebody. So when I got that call, that little lunch for that hour hit. 
Yeah. And you're like, bro, remember you said that? Like, this is God's plan? Like, you said it yourself. You know what I'm saying? So right when I got that call, I was going through my shit, but I was like, I can't be selfish and have everything I gained and all the game that I got, like, keep it to myself. So I was like, aunt, uncle, cousin, sister, sister-in-law, yo, y'all want to talk? Like, let's let's all talk. Like, I'll give you guys all the time I got because... I'm really prepared for this moment and it's yes. not like I'm a grief counselor. Like no. I'm mourning with you. Like I love Adrian. Like this is my best friend. So it was just something I was like prepared for in the saddest way. Yeah. Um, and then being able, you know, to talk at the funeral, his dad, Albert hit me up and he's like, I want you to talk at the funeral. And I was like, man, that's, that's an, an honor. honor. You know, it's not easy. Like, it's not easy. Don't get me wrong. It's not something that you look forward to doing. But I talked at the funeral and I still tap in with his family. I just I was just texting with his little brother today. You know, I just want to be there for the family. But man, that was a huge loss that we're not talking like a homie that I used to kick it with, you know, yeah. like this is my brother. So I lost a sister and a brother in less than 12 months, like in nine months, eight months. I lost a sister and I lost a brother. So that was really hard. Um, yeah. So I could understand where Yesenia's coming from, where she was afraid that I was going to get lost in that sauce. Yeah. Um, but I was just prepared. God prepared me for it. God. Becca prepared me for it. And I yeah. think what really hit like that night when I got the call from Adrian, um, I went on Adrian's Instagram and he had a picture and it was a photo of me, him and Becca. And the caption was me, my brother, my sister. <laughs> And I'm just like, I'm the only one left in that photo Damn. in nine months. Mm-hmm. And I looked at the comment and Becca's like, I love you, little brother. Mm-hmm. And I was like, fuck, like that hit, yeah. you know? So um, I know talking about grief and talking about like this whole episode, you know, I talked a lot about my sister, but I just want to express the fact that, like, I did lose a brother. I lost my best friend. And it's not easy, you know. It's something that I carry with every day. Yeah. Um, And it was beautiful to, you know, be there for the family. And then it sucks, man, that I had to call Grant and Elmo up again. I was like, bro, let's do a T-shirt for Adrian. They're like, bro, of course, because they went to school Adrian. They were at Adrian's funeral as well. And I think one thing Elmo said, he was like, Dude, it sucks that I only, like, we really catch up at funerals now. You know? Like, it sucks, like, we hanging out in the backyard because of someone passed away. You know, we're we're seeing each other in suits. We're we're making clothes for people that passed away instead of, like, really, like, collaborating and making clothes for us. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But that's love, like, from Elmo and Grant to just be ride or die homies for me, Adrian, my sister, and everything. So I really want to express that, like, that is just a real life shit that, like, we all been through together and rode Mm -hmm. together. Mm -hmm. And I think it's something that it's hard, but for us to just continue to celebrate their life. Yes. You know, I don't want that shirt to be the end of it yeah like yo we made a shirt for adrian we made a shirt for becca like y'all thank you for everyone for copying sorry we couldn't do a barbecue because of covid but like y'all be good like, like i'm okay i'm gonna see you though i want yeah like i want 
I want to do more shirts. I want to do chains. I want to do pins. I want to do embroideries on hats. I want to do barbecues like in the future without when COVID's officially like safe to go outside. But with all that being said, it's like, man, like loss is like something that like you can't avoid, Mm -hmm. you know, and you can't dodge. You know, I couldn't I could be like, yeah, like Adrian passed away. Like, I'm gonna dodge that one. Like, no, like you got to deal with what's in front of you and you got to go through it. You know, there's no going around anything. Nope. you got to go straight through, crack through that wall, um, however you want to deal with it. You know, but thank God again, like my support system was there. And it's like going back to like things could have been worse, you know, and I just really feel that I was meant to be in the position that I was when I got that call. Because if if Adrian passed away two years ago, like I would have been so much more messed up. Yeah. You know, without having the knowledge and everything that I went through. I'm not saying I'm perfect. I'm not saying like, oh, someone could pass away right now and like I'm gonna be your leader and like guide you through it. Like no. no. I'm just in a better position, in a stronger position. Being able to be more present. Being able to be more present um yeah, exactly. Um, it, it doesn't get easier. I think that's what we were talking about earlier. Like, like I lost Becca. I lost Adrian. Adrian wasn't easier. No. It was just like, I just like, I've seen this movie and I'm going to grieve and I'm going to cry. But now I'm in a position to like le- lend a hand because yes. I was not willing to lend a hand when my sister passed. Like I needed all the hands Like, I was like, I needed all the hands on me. Like, I'm falling. You know, I'm stumbling with Adrian, but I was able to be there for somebody. Yeah, I think think that kind of really helped you Mm -hmm. also heal just a little faster Mm -hmm. with Becca. Because even even, um, when we talk about Becca, yeah, I go back and I say things about Cheech that I never said out loud before. And I catch myself saying it out loud to you, and I'm like, fuck, like... I don't think I ever said that to anybody, you know, and it's like, it's different when, you know, you're having somebody with you for the ride, the bumpy ass ride, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, it kind of helps you, you know, be present in everything that's happening at the time. No, definitely. 100%. I think, um, one of the things just going off of what you said with even us here in this group is like, I was friends with Yesenia who was dating amp who was your friend gus and we knew each other on this like very basic level before we like delved into like this depth of our friendship right but i think after you guys obviously growing as a couple and then later getting married but i think us coming to terms and like growing through our grief we all realized like we all lost siblings, you know, like I had lost my brother. I think your brother had already passed us. My brother passed while we were friends. Becca passed while we were all friends. And I think that this, this whole thing like brought all of us so much closer because we recognized something in each other that maybe we didn't see in other people. And it made us bond on like a whole other level. Um, I think beyond just like our little like fit fam mm-hmm. thing is like, we saw something in each other that we could like rely on and like discuss in, in, in like a very real way. Um, and that's what I think is like so special about our friendship is just like, we feel things on a totally different level that maybe like other friends don't. And yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah. I appreciate all y'all. Yeah. 
I mean, I love her. I love her fit fam. It's a good friendship. Definitely here for a reason. Definitely been put together for a reason. Mm. Erica, I know that you had expressed to me about um, wanting to talk about negative ways of coping and suppressing emotion. Talk a little bit about that. Oh, yeah. So um, so I think, like, um, going off of what you were saying, Amph, like, um, you know, you feel like you were in a better place once Adrian passed to be more of service for mm-hmm. the people you cared about, right? Because yeah. you had already went through everything with Becca. Yeah. And I feel like when my dad passed, I, I was young, you know, I wasn't really processing it. I didn't process it for a very long time. I went to therapy. I did all the like textbook things you're supposed to do, but I still didn't really like process it and deal with it. Um, and I was very self-destructive, very toxic for a very long time because I did not want to just like face that head on. Um, and I think that that's one of the parts of coping, right? Like you can be fully committed to trying to cope and just like understand these things and accept them. Or you could just be like, fuck that. I don't want to deal with it. I'm going to do everything I can to not deal with it. And I'm just going to go head on, on on this route. And that was me. I was like, oh, I don't really want to deal with this. I'm going to just go like the complete opposite way. Um, and I spent a very long time trying to not face that, trying to not deal with it, trying to just like numb it, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, it, it wasn't until, so like I went to therapy, I did all the textbook stuff. Um, it wasn't, and, and I was still a mother. I had my daughter at the time and I was still dealing with a lot of this trauma, but I, I, I was just like, no, like I, I still wasn't ready to face it. Um, and it, it wasn't until, um, uh, I think I was in like my late twenties at this point and I was just like fucking shit up. I was just out here just like Miley Cyrus wrecking ball to the like <laughs> full extent, like everything, just like everything, just fucking shit up. Um, because I did not want to face that, you know, like it was such a heavy thing for me. Um, and I just kept hitting this wall and I had a really good group of friends of mine who they, they were just like amazing people. They were great friends. And, um, they recognized in me like, yo, you like have some shit. And like, I was just like, no, I'm fine. Like lying to myself pretty much. And, uh, they actually recommended to me, they're like, you know, um, we've been like looking into these things and like, so mind you, this is just my way of dealing with things. I am not a therapist. I am not a doctor. Whatever works for you works for you. This is what worked for me. This is my disclaimer right now. Um, whatever you choose to do is your way. This is my way. Um, so I had these friends, they were like, oh yeah, you know, we're going to like do mushrooms. And I was like, oh, I don't really know. Da, 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 da. Um, and so the thing with mushrooms is like, it's supposed to help you tap into like these suppressed emotions and like help you release all these things. And I had done it before as a recreational thing and my dad had already passed, but it was just like a recreational kind of thing. It wasn't really like deep. Um, so I did them and I had this really bad trip, but in, was this, uh, before your brother? This is before my brother. Yeah. So you weren't, okay. Yeah. I was still very much in this very toxic, just like self-sabotaging part of my life. Like Everything I was doing was to numb everything, literally everything. I was just like, oh, I don't care. I don't, I prided myself on not feeling anything. Damn. You know, That's I really did. I really did. I was like, well, I don't feel anything. Da, da, da. Like, mm. and I was a mom still. Like, I was like, I have this daughter and like, I, I like, I feel this, but like, I don't feel it on this. And so it was like, 
you can't like feelings and emotion and like love, you can't like compartmentalize that. Right. Like you can't be like, I feel this, but I don't feel this, but I, you know, like you, you just can't, you just like can't at all. So anyways, my friends were like experimenting with these things and they were like, Oh, you know, it's supposed to help you on this level. Da, da, da. They weren't really telling me like, Oh, you need to do mushrooms to like get past all the shit you're getting past. So we did it. They were saying they wanted to do it to just like trip, have a good time, whatever. So we did it. And like, I had this really bad trip, like this really, really bad trip where I was just like in my head. And I was just like thinking about all these like really bad, sad things, like all this like childhood trauma, all the things with my dad, like so many things that I had suppressed. And I like tripped so hard, so bad. I laid on this couch for like ever. And I was just like, Oh my God, there's so many emotions going on. Um, I tried to leave that night. So my brother, my brother, Ruben, he is, uh, my brother, Eric, who passed, he's the sibling after me. My brother Ruben's after him. He is like my best friend. I've talked about him all the time. I fucking love him. Um, he is just, yeah, he gets me. Um, so when I was tripping, I was like, I just want to call Ruben, just have him come pick me up. And he's like, what is going on with you? And I was like, I just want to go. And he, he was just like, make sure she doesn't drive. I was trying to like drive, go see him, just do all these things. And I just like laid on this couch forever in my thoughts. And this is the thing, like I had been so used to suppressing all these thoughts. I had been so used to just like numbing it all right. Like everything I could do to just not feel these things. And in that moment, I felt all of it. And I was just like, oh my God, this is so much. So I just like laid there for hours, feeling all these things, listening to this music, just like covering my head, just like not wanting to see anyone. And I was just like, oh my God, this is so much emotion. I woke up the next day and I was like, I need to go. And I left. I I went to my grandma's house. Like they had no clue what was going on with me. And I remember I was driving in the car with my mom and I like turned to my mom and I was like, I think I need to like check myself into someplace. I think I need to go to therapy or I think I need to like just go and do something to figure this shit out because I don't feel mentally sound, you know? Um, I was like, I feel like I'm crazy. Like, honestly, I feel like I'm crazy because I have all these things that I haven't really like addressed. And um, my mom was probably just like, okay, Mia. <laughs> like, she was like, yeah. Um, but like, I think that that was a very much of a turning point for me where I was like, all right, you need to really like explore that, right? (laughs) You need to explore that. Join us next time for the conclusion of growing through grief. Bye.